Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and t shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Welcome to the Insomnia Project. Sit back, relax, and listen as we have a conversation about the mundane. One thing we can promise you is that our conversation will be less than fascinating. So you can feel free to just drift off. Thank you for joining us. We hope you will listen and sleep. I'm your host, Marco Timpano. And I'm your co-host, Nidhi Khanna. Marco... Last week on our show, we talked briefly about uh, the official cookie for the city or the town of Red Deer in Alberta. Right. And, and I know why you're bringing this up, Eddie, okay. because right now in the background, we have baking in the oven a coconut banana bread for us when we're done. So by the time we finish this podcast, our bread will be ready. And so we were talking about baking and stuff. And last week we did mention, do you remember the, the cookie it was? I believe, I think it was a salted caramel or a salted, it was salted something. Yeah. Pretty sure it was salted caramel. And that was the official cookie of Red Deer, Alberta. Correct. And so we decided we would look into the official cookie for the city of Toronto where we broadcast. And unfortunately it doesn't look like the city of Toronto has an official cookie. So it's a pretty widespread dilemma that we have in our city this evening with this discovery. So at the end of this podcast, while you and I are enjoying the coconut banana bread, we're also going to tweet the mayor and demand that Toronto gets an official cookie. It's controversial, but I like where it's I, going. I, I like where it's going to. Now, let me ask you this, Nitty. Mm-hmm. If you were to nominate a cookie to represent our fair city of Toronto, what would your cookie be? Marco, so when I think about the city of Toronto, I think about all its diversity and about how literally every language and every nation is represented in some form uh, in this city. And I think that that's what makes it so magnificent. So, I would like to see a cookie that is almost all-encompassing. So, sure, um, there is this uh, cookie, like do-it-yourself cookie shop that uh, used to. Well, I think it still exists on uh, in the High Park area where I used to live. It, it's called Sweet Flower, and flowers and flour that you bake with. Correct. Okay, 
and you can go in there and they have all these ingredients and they have um the dough that they make the cookie like you basically you choose your dough right whether it's oatmeal or peanut butter or just a regular cookie base or sugar cookie or something and then you choose your ingredients and they have tons of ingredients to uh, choose from however it's not just your regular um sort of traditional cookie uh, ingredients. Okay. So, I mean, you have your chocolate chips and your M&Ms okay. and your um, other little bits. Um, but you also have potato chips. Oh. Uh, you have pretzels. You have... Um, so you could do a traditional cookie if you wanted. Or you could jazz it up with a non-traditional item. Say jelly beans or... Exactly. I don't know. Licorice nibs sticks, or something. Exactly. Um, so I find it... That's what I would like to see as the official cookie is something that is almost like a do-it-yourself melange of like different mixes of ingredients. Um, so you don't have a specific cookie. What you want is a mix. So like Toronto's mixed bag cookie yeah. is the official cookie. I almost feel like it should be um, like every time you go to pick up the official cookie wherever it is like whenever you go to buy it you don't know what you're gonna get it should change every single time so for you the cookie would just have a name say the mixed bag yes and then you don't know what you're gonna get hopefully you don't have some sort of allergy exactly and, and there you go <laughs> i so. haven't thought thought this through in terms of the logistics but that's what i would like to see and if you ever want to make your own cookie i suggest right going down to this uh, cookie shop called Sweet Flower, which is um, on Bloor uh, near Runnymede. Wow. I think you can find it online. Actually, sure. You can find it, it sounds online. really like an awesome place. Now, if it was for me, if it was my decision yes. on what the official cookie for the city of Toronto would be, mm-hmm. I would have to go with a ginger molasses. Why ginger molasses? I love ginger molasses. Right. Uh, the, reason, the reason ginger Toronto? molasses... And I gave it some thought. Mm-hmm. I didn't just say, let's throw everything in a cookie and call it. I'm what? not saying that. I'm not saying that's what you did. But you I'm, are. But that's okay. <laughs> I guess I am in a weird sort of way. But what I was thinking was this. So Toronto has a spice to it. Like you said, different cultures, different feels. It's got a hot under underground sort of scene going on mm-hmm. and ginger can have that sort of heat and that pepperiness and that that spice mm-hmm. but it's also a city that moves and it's a city that you have to sort of work hard and play hard and it it takes a lot of movement and momentum it kind of feels like you are moving through molasses at yes times? at times that, it okay. can feel like you're you know, taking two steps forward and one step back. And so that, to me, is represented by molasses. I feel like so, that you're talking about the TTC there, perhaps. Well, I don't know if I'm going to, you know, disparagingly make remarks <laughs> about our transit system. But I will say a transit system that works in a city is a great thing. That's it all is, I'll say. So is. for me, ginger molasses would be the cookie that I'm going to let the mayor of Toronto know should be our official cookie. So... Pay attention to our tweets at Listen and Sleep as we tweet the mayor encouraging him or her to get our official cookie status recognized. Because I think that's important after the discovery we made on last week's episode. Now let me ask you this, Judy. What is your favorite flavor to use when you bake? 
I, you know, uh, coconut is oh. up there. The smell that we're actually, um, the aroma that, that we're smelling right now is, is one of my favorites. Um, I love the texture and sure. the gooeyness of it mm-hmm. and um, the sweetness of coconut, and I love the smell of it. Have you ever had a uh, coffee made with coconut milk? Because I know that's, yes. a, that's a thing. What do you think of that? I'm getting used to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not usually a big fan of milk in my coffee. Okay. I, I didn't not know big, that. I'm not a big latte person. I used to be. Sure. Not anymore. Um, but I do like coconut milk. Sure. I'm, I'm still not sold on, on it, it as, as a, a coffee beverage. I right. don't know. As, as, a, as a substitute a, to milk. To milk. Yeah. How about you? Well... I love coconut milk, sure. and I particularly love curries and whatnot that have coconut milk. For me, coconut milk is lush, it's rich, it's tasty, it's good for you. Um, there's even a beauty in the color at mm. how white coconut milk can be. In my coffee, much like you, uh, it's it's not a compliment to a coffee that really speaks to me. I much prefer a milk or a buffalo milk have you ever had uh coffee made with buffalo milk i've had buffalo milk before but i haven't had coffee made. so buffalo milk is very very creamy yes but it's not heavy like cow's milk and so if you can have a coffee made with buffalo milk it's out of this world now having said that i've never had goat milk in my coffee but uh people say that it has a similar sort of quality to it mm-hmm. but if i was to pick something that i love using when i bake i would have to say that it would be vanilla I know oh, it yes. sounds boring, and I know oftentimes no. vanilla is used as a reference for something that's boring. I love vanilla. But there's something about the flavor and the smell of good vanilla or vanilla bourbon that just mm. I love. I also enjoy cinnamon in my baking. Oh. Cinnamon, like ginger, nutmeg, all those warming spices. So maybe if you and I put our heads together, we should add cinnamon to the oh. ginger molasses cinnamon yes. cookie. Yeah. Now we're talking. Okay, I need to write this down. I think we need to start experimenting with some of the baking for the official cookie. Okay, so I'm going to invite any listener who hasn't fallen asleep, if they have a good ginger molasses recipe that they could add cinnamon to and it still have a great taste to represent our city, to tweet us the recipe at Listen and Sleep or go to our website and let us know. Now, I wanted to ask Nidhi... We were recently in a store where we were talking to people and we were giving handshakes out as you do when you meet someone. Mm-hmm. What do you think a quality of a good handshake is? You know, Marco, I think there has to be a firmness to a handshake, sure. but it can't be too firm. Mm-hmm. It can't be uh, uh, crushing. Right. Um, but a handshake that's too limp. Limp. Sure. Um, to me, does not signify someone who's engaged and right. and actually present. Um, so it, it's funny because I think you know maybe the way of the handshake is is sort of gone in this oh, day and age because people are handshaking less and less. Sure. Um, if you notice, I mean, some people are like, "Ooh, health concerns. I don't want to shake someone's hand." But in our society, it's almost like you know you don't see as many handshakes sure. I would say what do you think you know it's interesting you should say that I think there's less and less of it happening more and more as people tend to hide behind 
computers and their cell phones and don't get out as much, especially for business. A lot of business is done transactionally through the internet. I can tell you this. I like a, a handshake where the crooks of your hand, so mm -hmm. from your the part that is from your index finger as you go down to your thumb, you know this little sort of webbed part of your hand. I forget what you would call that. But where that part meets another person's inner index thumb area where it meets and you get a nice grip that's not too crushing and I like maybe two up and down motions maybe three at the most I don't like a handshake that goes on forever I don't mind a person who puts their other non-handshaking hand on, on top on top of my um Knuckles? Knuckles are like where, where that part of your hand is, um, sort of giving you a grasp there. I know some people don't like that, but for me, I think it's actually quite lovely when someone holds the other, the opposite side of your hand as they shake your hand. Um, kind of shows that they, you know. What do you think of people who, uh, when, when you... Care. Yeah, they care, right? Yeah. If they give a good handshake. Sure. They're... Uh... And what about the eye contact for the oh, handshake? You know, that's a that's a great question. I think a lot of people don't uh, give enough credit to the eye contact when a handshake is when someone shakes your hand. I think it's important. I think it's important to give that handshake, even if it's someone that you know well and you're giving them a handshake because you haven't seen them in a while or you know you're meeting them. I think it's important to give them because it's give them that eye contact because I think it shows a definite sign of respect. I agree. I agree, Marco. It's um it's in fact quite intimate the handshake in a way. A little bit more so because it happens less and less in right. a social situation. I think when you see people giving a handshake, it's actually quite um almost jarring because sure. it's so uh not done anymore. Right, right. Or it's done less and less. Or it's done less and less. You know, it's interesting you should say that. Who knows 20 years from now if the handshake will just go out of fashion and there's another way to greet someone. Well, being from, from Montreal, like we always did the the two kisses. Right, sure. Um, it's a very European, Very French European thing. way of doing it, right? And so I never... But you also don't see it, as you say, in the professional life as, right, uh, of course. as much anymore, as you were saying. That brings me to um, something we were discussing earlier, and that has to do with plants, houseplants. How many houseplants do you have in your home right now? I'm not the best with plants. Okay. Um, so I have very few houseplants. Mm -hmm. I have a money tree. Okay. I believe you have a money tree as yeah. well, too, right there. Mm -hmm. um, I find it difficult. I, like, I accidentally... They say that a money tree is supposed to be given to you. You should never buy your own money tree. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, you were saying? No, I was saying that uh, I, I once killed a cactus. Oh, my goodness. And I'm not quite sure how one does that. You know, it's funny. Cactus or cac cacti can be very finicky. And people, there's this sort of thing out there that it's like, oh, a cactus is a very easy plant to take care of. You don't have to water it just put it in a corner where there's light and a lot of people say that about certain plants it's like oh just just put it in a, a corner where it's going to get a little bit of light and it'll be fine that's not true and i think there's a misinformation out there i think there's misinformation out there with regard to cacti because it's true they don't require 
water, but they do require care. And I really like cacti um, because they come in so many different sort of shapes and sizes and prickliness, if you will. Um, even like a Christmas cactus is so far different than a um, rounded cactus. I don't know what you would call them or like the saguaro cactus of the Arizona desert. Everything looks so different and they their flowers are very different too, which is really unique. And, you know, there's something beautiful about um, a foreign looking plant. I know that the spider plant is a great plant to have in your house for bringing in good oxygen and whatnot for the plant for the for the home itself and they say that you should have plants in your home i've been really curious about these uh, i don't i think they're called air plants it's the plants that don't require any soil and they sort of just um they live in like seashells or in little glass um vases that you hang they're like hanging plants from I want to say a tropical country and you'll see them in like malls and stuff that people are starting to sell them sometimes on a piece of driftwood you'll put one of these little plants and they're not huge but they're little plants that sort of get their nutrients from the moisture that's in the air so they're great for bathrooms oh wow that is the first time that i've heard of uh air plants and i'm just looking at a photo right now and uh, i i see what you're saying now there's no actual soil in in the glass vase that that mm. they're in that's um that i feel like i can maybe do something with that type of plant what is the plant that represents your birth month you know how every plant oh, has a bird a month. mine is and I'll, I'll say the plant and i'll see if you can guess what month i was born based on the plant okay mine is the poinsettia <laughs> well definitely december i know it's such a giveaway my <laughs> my plant and it's funny because poinsettia is are like the ultimate disposable plant and i hate to say <laughs> that but everyone gets a poinsettia for you know christmas and whatnot or the christmas season let's say and then they'll have it till january come february you might see the odd one in a person's home if they're able to you know keep it alive and then boom they're gone by the wayside and it's sad and i think it's because poinsettias are not an easy plant to take care of and if I'm not mistaken, they're a tropical plant, and they can grow really, yeah, they can grow really large, yeah, and that's why they're a December plant, because I feel like they, they are, like, native to Australia and places like that, where December is part of their summer, and so they come out. Oh. I could be wrong, of course, but I, I know it's not a North American plant, um, and, you know, right now you can see, uh, or, you know, Lately, I've seen a lot of different color poinsettias. So not just the white, the pink, and the red, but like a blend of those colors, and they're spotted and whatnot. And they they're really quite wonderful. And that is my birth month's plant. So I'm just looking here, and I'm seeing. Oh, see, I don't see a birth plant, but I see a birth flower. And I was born in June, so mine okay. is the rose. Oh, I see. Okay. Um, and yours is the narcissus. For December? Yeah. Or I, or I, the holly. I thought poinsettia. I always thought it was poinsettia, or at least the the source that I used was poinsettia. But it makes sense. Holly and uh, narcissus. That's the one that grows on a long stem. Is it just that one? Oh, no. I think I'm thinking of amaranth. Maybe. Right. I don't know. No, well, it's funny. You're not a narcissist at all. So. Well, you know, I have my moments. I will. I know that May is, the month of May is Lily of the Valley, 
which is a very yeah, small yes, plant. Is. But have you ever have you ever noticed the scent of a lily of the valley? It's very strong. It's a very strong. It's often used in, in perfumes, but it's mm. a very, very strong scent. Um, I'm not. Uh, I, I'm not very big on plants. Now, can I ask you when? You and your wife were planning your wedding. Mm-hmm. Was the type of flower really important? Yes. Okay. And my wife for her bouquet just wanted all of one flower. Of just a really, really big bouquet of one type of flower with one flower that represented her grandmother amongst all those flowers. So... She got a, we we were married in May, May 1st, and she got a large bouquet of tulips as her bouquet flower. And that was the flower and with a, with a yellow rose to represent her grandmother within those white tulips. Those were the, that was her flower. And it's funny you should say that because there was a flower that I spotted, I guess, in a, Magazine that I said, oh, you know, for the men's boutonniere, which yes. would be the flower that men wear on their lapel at special occasions like weddings. So our florist was like, what flower would you ideally like on your lapel? And I said, I would love a, and I'm probably going to say this wrong, but a Stephanopoulos plant. And like George Stephanopoulos? No, I think I'm getting it wrong. I'll have to look it up. But it's this plant that is a little four, it's a white flowered plant that has four little petals and has a beautiful scent to it. Okay. And it's one of those plants that if I show you a picture of it, you'll be like, oh, yes, I've seen that plant. But the funny thing was my florist was like, they're not in season. I won't be able to get it for you. And I'm like, oh, it's fine, right? But you could see I was disappointed. But unbeknownst to me, she was sourcing that for me and wanted to surprise me um, on on my wedding day and uh and she found them she did oh, she's wow. a great florist her name is bella and um she was able to get those. she was able to get it she actually did such a great job and um we were talking about you know how calla lilies were very popular and stuff and how all the ushers would have calla lilies but we were kind of like you know a lot of calla lilies are like it's so overdone so she said what if i get calla lily um Calories that are kind of mistakes or like oh, with a little bit of a defect, a defect, or it's not even a defect, but it's a it's a calorie that is kind of misshapen, not the traditional calorie shape. Okay, and we incorporate that in an interesting sort of way. And I said, let's do it, or my wife said, let's do it, and we did, and we were really happy about it. That's um, you know, flowers to me, I I never really. got into them in terms of understanding the different flowers and uh, what each one means etc etc and I think that until you get to um, a stage where you are planning a wedding for example there's so much about flowers that you really just don't know it's kind of like you know when you're buying your first car there's a ton of us out there who didn't know anything about cars until you buy your first car or even mortgages and and owning a house until you actually go through that process there's so many things that you don't know about it and I feel like flowers for me are really like that I I love getting flowers I am lost when I'm in a floral shop um but I I could not tell you which one is um 
um, I couldn't I couldn't place flowers or name them. Sure. Um, I can tell you now that the name of that flower is actually Stephanotis. Oh, Stephanotis. Stephanotis. Yeah, okay. it's not Again. Stephanopolis, but it's <laughs> Stephanotis and um, uh, the best known known species of the Stephanotis is Madagascar jasmine. Sounds lovely. So there you go. It sounds uh, like it smells amazing. Madagascar jasmine. Yeah. And so, you know, that was what I had, uh, on my boutonniere. Oh, that's really nice. Yeah. And, um, it's interesting because I think our, our, um, bridesmaids had, and I had never heard this expression before, nosegays. A nosegay is like a little tiny bouquet that you carry versus a corsage. They had little nosegays and uh, they were used, I want to say in Victorian times, um, because the streets of London did not smell like, did did not smell pleasant at all. So ladies of a certain part of society class, let's say, would, when they were traveling in London would have nosegays that they could then, if they were in an area that did, that smelled Malodorous, they could smell their nosegay and be on their way and be happy as pie. So that's, that's an interesting. A, that is an interesting tidbit. Now, Marco, you had mentioned Madagascar and you had also mentioned vanilla right oh. at the top of the show. And Madagascar vanilla is a big thing. It's the best vanillas from Madagascar. Those vanilla beans, which are really long, and you sort of take a knife and you you sort of make a slit down the middle and then scoop out the yes. tiny, tiny seeds and you incorporate them into your baking. I feel like maybe somehow, and maybe we need vanilla in, in this whole... We talked about vanilla. Did we talk about mm-hmm. adding vanilla to the official cookie? So, as it stands, Nitty. We have a cinnamon, vanilla, ginger, molasses Molasses cookie. cookie. And I think we hit the nail on the head with that because you wanted a lot of ingredients. I wanted a bit of spice. We've got the ginger and the cinnamon, the vanilla, which just blends out those flavors Mm -hmm. with the molasses. I think that is going to be the cookie that we present in our tweet to the mayor of the city of Toronto. So we invite and invite you to join us if you haven't fallen asleep at this point to help us get the city of toronto name an official cookie i'm gonna leave you with that and uh, hope you have a pleasant dream while i take a bite into some coconut banana bread and uh, if you have any other suggestions for ingredients that you would like to see in the official cookie please do tweet us at listen and sleep um, the Insomnia Project is produced by Drumcast Productions. Thank you so much for listening. We hope that you are in a wonderful state of slumber. And if not, we will uh, speak to you next time.